Hello and welcome to another episode of The Messed Up Gardener. My name is Esther Aiken and I'm your host for today and I'm absolutely buzzed to be here. I have to admit the weather has been absolutely exquisite this week and it really feels like we're starting to move into summer. However, it still also feels like it's been a little bit on the cool side, which isn't a bad thing considering how hot our summers can get. Today's episode is not going to be a very long one, or at least I don't think so. While I was on my tree inspection duties this week for work, I came across an absolutely stunning climbing hydrangea. Its colours stood out to me like nothing else. I think in my, well, I don't think I've seen anything quite like it in my journeys, not for a while now. And it got me thinking, the funny thing is, many years ago, when someone would mention they were growing a climber in their garden, for some reason, my mind would automatically go straight to growing a climbing rose. Why? I have no idea. Perhaps it was because I spent so many years working in garden centres that almost every other plant that was sold was a climbing rose. I know that a number of the businesses I worked for had spectacular ranges of climbing roses, including the classic white iceberg, but the scented old fashions were always very popular as well. Some of the most interesting questions I had around growing climbers we're always based on, well, mostly general rose pruning. So I suppose as varieties of other plants have developed over the last 30 years, it's no wonder that there is a greater range of climber diversity for people's gardens now. I started thinking about all the questions that I've had over the years regarding growing plants in general, because not every climber is as hardy as the next one. Overall, the most important thing around planting that perfect climber is to obviously choose the right plant as we know different climbing plants grow best in different environments. So choosing the plant according to the location and obviously the general weather patterns of your area plays such a big part in it for it to be successful. With that, I seriously mean here in the Bay of Plenty, we seem to have a variety of temperatures from below zero to 30 degrees plus in summer here in Caddy Caddy. We can have some seriously freaky winds. So if you do have fragile climbers, then they are going to require a lot of love to make sure that they stay healthy and continue to thrive. This brings me nicely to my next point, and that is to provide the support climbing plants need to grow. So provide a trellis, fence or wall for them to climb up. There are a number of climbers that have adaptations on their growing appendages that allow them to attach to whatever surface they are climbing up. For example, the humble scarlet runner bean, which is a climber and it sends out these little tendrils that attach themselves to, well, pretty much anything they can hold on to, which causes the beans to obviously grow up, you know, almost anything. I have mine growing up some hen and chicken wire along a concrete wall, which is sheltered enough away from the winds that I almost guarantee myself a jolly good harvest every single year. But there are other forms of support systems as well that work very well for climbers. Again, you have to know the species that you're planting because it's no good putting a soft bamboo frame up if you know, it can't handle any weight. It may be absolutely perfect for beans, but you could never grow something like grapes up a soft bamboo trellis because the grapevine would absolutely destroy it just by the weight alone. So clearly for grapes, you would totally use something like 
I don't know, way more sturdy, such as number eight wire, with some very chunky wooden quarter rounds acting as anchors. Then there are climbers like your ivies and your climbing ficuses. Both of these grow really well on wooden fences. Just be very well that not all wooden fences are created equal and over time the climbers themselves can cause the wood to rot and the fence to fail. Not only that, if the wood is treated, some of the chemicals that may leach out of the wood as it ages can also cause harm to the climbers and stunt the climbers' growth. Now the point I want to raise when growing climbers is that you have to maintain their watering schedules, especially if you're growing them in pots. Climbing plants need to be watered regularly, even more so in hot and dry weather. And again, you water the pots, not the foliage. A climber can cover large areas, which means the canopy has a greater mass spread over a certain area, which is then exposed to the elements in greater amounts, such as wind, which dries out the vegetative parts of the climber even faster. Of course, you can add mulch to the base of the climbers to reduce water stress on the plants and encourage the soils to retain a greater percent of moisture. Again, just make sure the mulch is not hard up against the stems of the climber itself. Otherwise, the mulch can cause stem rot. If you're planting climbers in pots, then a simple shredded newspaper mulch can work wonders. And almost everybody is presented with a free weekly neighbourly, you know, sort of newspaper that's circulated for the general population. So again, it's best not to use anything that's too glossy because otherwise that won't really compost down either. The natural physiology of a climber means that it tends to want to reach for the sunlight. So if you do have a shady area, then in most cases the climbers are a little bit slow to establish, but as soon as they hit that sunlight a bit higher up, they tend to absolutely take off. As a general rule, most climbing plants require at least six hours of sunlight a day, so when you are doing your garden planning, keep that in mind. Now, not all climbers require pruning, but it is important to ensure that you maintain climbers in a in general. So you prune out any dead wood and obviously any diseased wood and again you prune your climbers to stop them from growing into areas you really don't want them to grow into. For example, wisteria's growing through guttering or into the garage roof or through windows that tend to be permanently open. I used to work at a garden centre that had ivy growing all over their staff room and in some places the ivy was so established that it was almost a foot deep. It ended up getting all through the ceiling installation and it even got to the point where it was compromising the electricity within the building. Trust me, when it was wet and miserable, it was not a very nice place to be and have your luncheon basically. Don't get me wrong, from the outside it looked absolutely fantastic but in reality because they did not maintain the growth of the ivy and the end it cost them a fortune and damages to the building not only that they really didn't actually give a crap but that's beside the point climbers like any other plant they do require fertilizer obviously this is very dependent on the species you have planted but if you have planted them in pots or growing them in open soil there are a number of different types of fertilizers out there as well, especially for slow release fertilizer purposes. Again, just double check with your garden center specialist to see if the fertilizers are perfect for your situation. Okay, now that's something I have had some trouble with in the past, especially with some of my softer climbers, and that are pests. For example, aphids and spider mites, and another little nasty in my garden here is the passion fine hoppers. They literally suck the juice out of my beans. There are a number of ways to treat the pests, especially if you're growing food crops. You can utilize the soapy water treatment where they're just 
you know, whether you're just spraying the water over them and you mix the water with a little bit of sunlight soap early, you spray early in the morning or late at night so you're not burning the plants but you are suffocating the insects. Now remember you are going to have to do it a few times to ensure that you capture the pest life cycle fully because the adult insects will suffocate but the babies for example especially scale the babies will hide under the mum and when she passes they crawl away from underneath her and start their own little sap sucking party elsewhere. For ornamentals there are some really good synthetic sorry systemic pesticides that you can use which is absorbed into the plant itself and the insects are obviously killed when they ingest the sap with the poison in it. Again ask your local garden centre assistant for the best pesticide for your particular pest. So now you have this amazing climber growing and they do exactly that, they climb. So to ensure that you have some sense of order make sure that you train your plants guided along the support structures to encourage it to grow in the desired direction because if you don't you would just have one big giant mess and there's nothing worse if you are for example growing a bougainvillea which has some seriously nasty spines on it and if you don't train the canes when they are nice and young and soft you're going to be in for a world of pain and you're definitely going to have to trim them back hard to get the new shoots to grow successfully in the areas that you want them to head to. If in doubt, get some help. One lesson I've also learned when it comes to growing climbers over the years, and that is to be patient, especially if you have some of the more precious ornamentals that can take quite a bit of time to get established. Now, there are also a number of deciduous climbers, so if you're in a situation where in winter you really do need sunlight into your abode, then have a good shop around and see what has been grown in your local community for a climber that is hardy and does well in your local environment. Climbers can actually go for a decent chunk of change at the garden centre too, so it absolutely pays for you to do your homework before you buy. If you're a beginner and you're wanting to grow a climber, there are some relatively easy climbers to start off with. The ivy is probably one of the simplest but just to be mindful once you've got it in your garden then you may never get rid of it again. I've grown passion fruit a number of times really successfully however they are a very short-term climber. Bonus is that they do actually produce fruit. I found the bougainvilleas were also quite easy to grow just make sure you've got a variety that doesn't have the massive big spines on them and then there is of course the jasmines but again just be careful you don't grow the pest jasmine. If you're going to do a climber make sure you've got the space to grow them they can require quite a bit of maintenance and if you've got a deciduous climber they can also make quite a bit of a mess in autumn climbers if left to go out of control can become the perfect ground also for rodents so just keep that in mind when you are obviously pruning them down and there's a lot of leaf litter sitting there you might just happen to have one of these little mices jump out at you. I hope this particular episode on growing climber, you know, climbing plants was helpful. If you do have any gardening questions, please do reach out. I'm going to keep compiling a list and every now and again. I'll do an episode on a bunch of combined questions. I haven't really been up or been able to do my quicker messes lately, so I would love to get some more questions in so I can do a few more of those. Every week I mention this and don't be shy. Let me know if you're needing some private coaching, no matter what level, from beginner to experience, reach out and let's chat. 
I have a few one-on-one gardening mentoring spots available. Sometimes it's really just easier to accomplish a task or a project having a gardening mentor and quietly holding you accountable to whatever tasks you set. So flip me a DM or email me and let's check to see how we can work together. My contact details, as always, are in the show notes. Don't forget to email or DM me for any one of my gardening freebies. And as always, I say gardening can happen in any space and in any place and on any budget. Have an incredibly abundant week and I'll buzz you later. Bye. Thanks for listening to today's episode. I would love to hear about your gardening adventures. Flick me a DM on Instagram at The Messed Up Gardener or send me an email and let's connect. Don't forget to check out my gardening reels on TikTok. If you are looking for some help planning your next garden project or just need some one-on-one private coaching, reach out and let's get growing. If you have a garden-related business or you're looking at starting a gardening business, including arboriculture, land clearing, firewood or a general plant growing and selling business, let's work together in my one-on-one private business development coaching container. Having helped my clients grow several six-figure plus businesses, including from startup to working on million-dollar open space management contracts for many years now. Let me help you and let's grow your business so you can leapfrog your profits and establish a viable and sustainable business. If you're looking for a business podcast, check out my The Let's Buzz You Up podcast available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If this episode was at all helpful, please share with others and let's get growing in any space, in any place and on any budget. Till next time, happy gardening and buzz you later.